1: Today's message is entitled, Wrestling with God, Wrestling with God, and this is Psalm 24, part 7, part 7, so what I thought was just going to be five weeks or four weeks uh, has expanded out, and the Lord keeps on speaking, so we're just running with what He has been speaking to us. Let me me pray and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, you love to wrestle with your people. And we ask that this morning you teach us what it means to seek your face and to wrestle with you. That we would be a part of the generation that seeks your face and does not give up. Thank you, Father. Give me the grace to share your words and... Transform us through your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, put our hands on our hearts and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. Amen. So let's get into this uh, wrestling with God. Or before we get into the message, uh, a few things. Registration closes tomorrow for the glory unit. We've been keeping it open more uh, for a longer time than usual, so don't miss this opportunity. If I was hungry for God, I would definitely be there, and you can register at holyfireschool.com. So holyfireschool.com, you can register, and tomorrow's the last day, and then the doors close for the semester. And we've been having a great time, real precious time already. Uh, This is the glory in the dark is the theme, and this is the card that Anna designed based on Isaiah 60, uh, chapter 60, verse 2. Also, we want to thank you for your support. So thanks for your support. Our ministry is made possible by the generous donations of people like you. So thank you for partnering with us through weekly, fortnightly, monthly or occasional giving, you can go to brisbanefire.com, the give page, page, brisbanefire.com, the give page to give, and we are recruiting more supporters. There's a, there's a big need for more supporters and Army to come together and support so that we can continue to do what we're doing and then get the word out more and, uh, yeah, make a, make a difference in Brisbane and in the world. So thank you for helping with that. Now, let's get into the message. Over this series, we've been walking through Psalm 24, uncovering its treasures. At first glance, we may not think much of Psalm 24. It's 10 verses. And I said to a friend, have you read it? And, and they said, it's small, there's nothing much in it. But <laughs> that, and that can be our conclusion after reading it at first. How much can 10 verses say? How much can 10 verses say? But the more we meditate on it, the more we find it encapsulates our faith and spiritual journey. It encapsulates our faith and our spiritual journey. So there is so much. Even in one verse of scripture, often there is so much. And it's amazing how just one verse one line would sum up a whole man of God's life like Elijah he prayed <laughs> and that summed up his life there's something about scripture it always it says things in a compact way but there's so much weight to the words and to the verses Today we'll fo- focus today we'll focus on Just one verse, Psalm 24, verse 6, we'll lift up this gem, hold it to the light, and see what the Lord wants to show us through it. So my literal word-for-word translation of the verse is, this generation seeks him, discovering his face, Jacob, Salah. So I'll say that again. There's a few ways that it can be translated, but this is the most literal way, and then, I'll, and then we'll look at my inspiration translation. Often, if I'm translating a verse, it's not just one translation. There's a f- I'll write a few different ones. It can be said in a few different ways. There's the literal way, then there's a way of bringing out the sense and the meaning of Scripture. Um, and this one is very compact in the Hebrew. This generation seeks him discovering his face, and then it said, Jacob, Selah. And there is some other manuscripts that say, God of Jacob, Selah, you may have heard of that. So here is my my notes from yesterday, where I show you my practice of translating a scripture, where I'll write out the Hebrew, and then I'll write the English. Now, the interesting thing about this is I put the date in my journal uh, according to the Australian standard. You have the day first, which is 24, then the month, 2, and then the year, 24. So it's 24 2, 24. And in, in America, it would be uh, 2, 24, 24. But 24 comes up two times. Um, and then I'm doing all of this. Lami text me and say, Pastor Glenn, uh, happy Psalm 24 day. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was just doing this once again. Uh, if you can see the Hebrew, there's three, uh, this verse is made up of two lines uh, or yeah, two main lines. We have three Hebrew words on the first line three Hebrew words on the second line, and then this selah at the, at the end. It starts off with ze dor doshav. Zay dor doshav. Now, I won't spend too much time here because I don't want to lose you on the Hebrew, but there is a poetry to it. Ze is this, dor is generation, and then what the Hebrew writer does is he takes those those two letters that are in door, that sound door, which is generation, and he connects that with darash, the Hebrew word for darash, which means to seek. So that's why we get the door sound two times. Zedor, dorash, uh, dor, sorry, Zedor, dor shav. Zedor, dor shav. And so you have that connection between, between the two words because generation and seek are very similar. And then you have The next line, Mevakshe fanecha yaakov. And again, three words saying, you know, discovering your face, and then Jacob. At the end it says uh, this word, selah. Selah. And the way the the word is in the Hebrew, it reminds me of a spiral staircase. Uh, And so when the when you read this in Psalms, when you read Selah in Psalms, see it like, this is how I see it. This, I, I think this is a good way to see it. See it like a spiral staircase, and you're circling around these verses. You're being like that spiral staircase, circling around these verses over and over until they lift you up, and you see what God sees. That's the thing about a circular Staircase is that but you go in circles, but you're not just going in circles, you're going up, you're going higher and higher. And this is what happens when you meditate on Scripture, when you take your time and meditate on Scripture. You're going, you're circling around that verse over and over, but you should be going higher and higher and higher. So that's my little uh, Hebrew devotion. I hope I didn't lose you there. i like to bring out some of the treasures of the Hebrew. Now, this is the, my insp- inspiration translation for Psalm 24, and now I'm just focusing in on this one verse, and here is how I've translated it in the inspiration translation. This generation seeks for more of him. They discover his presence. They pursue him like Jacob. Selah. Now, the other thing that I'm bringing out in this translation is the word face and presence are the same in Hebrew. So, when you want to say the presence of God, you say the face of God because being with, being close to somebody and seeing their face as being in their presence, that's the idea there. That's the idea there. So, this generation seeks for more of Him, they discover His presence, they pursue Him like Jacob, Selah. And that's that's what we're looking at today. Psalm twenty-four, verse six, describes a generation, a large group of people with the same characteristics. The chief mark of this generation is that they seek God. In Not in order words, in other words. (laughs) In other words, they pursue him with such a passion as to find him. So in other words, they pursue him with such a passion as to find him. And when they find him, they keep pursuing him because there's always more to know of God. This is the generation that seeks him. Now we have, I'm part of Generation X, and when we used to go to youth group when I was younger, they always be talking about Generation X and all the different characteristics of Generation X. You have the generation of the boomers. You have the Generation uh, Y, now Z. And I think, uh, Valerie, what's the new generation? Is it Generation Alpha? Is it? Generation Alpha is the new generation. Well, every generation has its... uh, distinctive qualities and what Psalm 24 6 is telling us is that there is a generation God's generation it's meaning a a large group of people that has certain distinctive qualities and the main and the chief one is that they seek God and they keep on seeking him Now, when I came to Australia, I've mentioned this before, but when I came to Australia, I had a lot of trouble with different people, pastors telling me, you don't seek God once uh, once you're saved because you found him. So there's no more seeking. You've already found him. That's it. And coming from from a revival where you're constantly seeking God and coming from my own life was seeking God every day, I found that there was some type of deception that came into Australian theology um, and thought and thinking. Now, let me just try to make it very simple so you can understand why we keep seeking God. We find him, yes, but God is unlimited. He is infinite. There's always more to discover of him. And this is how I would put it theologically. Also, you see, for example, in Revelation where you have the, uh, the cherubim and they're singing over and over, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and is to come. They keep on singing this over and over. Well, we might think that they said it once, that's it. But they, because they're discovering God and seeing him, and seeing his glory, it's infinite, and it's always unfolding. There's always more to uh, worship, and, and, and even though the words are the same, holy, holy, holy. So this is important to understand when it comes to seeking God. We realize that, yes, if you're saved, you've found God, but there's so much more to discover, to know, to want to know more of him. The motivation for this generation, that guy. Have you heard this word, the ikigai? Ikigai is a Japanese word. An ikigai means your purpose for living, what gets you up in the morning, what motivates you. And uh, one book says that the reason why this certain uh, group of Japanese people live a long time is because they have an ikigai, they have something that gets them up in the morning. Well, the motivation for this generation, God's generation, the ikigai, what makes them get up in the morning, what makes them tick is discovering God. It doesn't matter what's going on in life. Things could be dark, things could be tough, you could be sick, you can be strong. But no matter what, this generation is always seeking, always looking to discover, always wanting more of him, wanting to know more of him. They want to know him personally, live in his blessing, and do his will. This is the generation that seeks him. And we may be a small group here, but there's a large group all over the world that has this heart. A large group all over this world that has this heart to seek Him. So they want to know Him personally, live in His blessing, and do His will. Since Scripture says there is no one who seeks God, where does this desire come from? Have you read about that? Romans... Chapter 3, verses 10 through 12 tells us that there is no one that seeks God. That's all, it's from Psalm 14, 2 through 3. Scripture says there is no one that seeks God. There is no one that seeks God. So if there is no one that seeks God, where does this desire come from to seek God? How, is, how does this miracle happen? Genuine seeking of God does not come from ourselves. Genuine seeking of God does not come from ourselves. It doesn't have its origin in ourselves. It doesn't have its source in our own strength or or even in our own motivation. It is something that is planted within us by God himself. Like the wise men, the Holy Spirit visits the born again soul with three gifts faith, hope, and love. Let me say that again. Like the wise men, the Holy Spirit visits the born again soul with three gifts faith, hope, and love. The Spirit deposits these three treasures in your life, just as the wise men gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh to Jesus, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. So the Spirit of God deposits this faith, hope, and love into our hearts. And then if you go to Hebrews eleven six, 6, this is a good one to, to uh, memorize, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says something about seeking God. It talked about Enoch. You know, there's a prophecy this morning about Enoch. And then after that, we have... Hebrews 11:6. 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. But the good news I want to tell you is that this faith comes from the Holy Spirit. It's planted in us. And it may be small at first, but it's powerful because it's from God himself. So, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, notice how it describes the faith here. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you see that? He rewards those who earnestly seek him. I'll say that again. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So seeking is a part of faith, and that faith comes from God as a gift into our spirit. It is by the Spirit's faith, hope, and love in our hearts that we seek God that faith, also that hope, that expectancy, and that love that he puts in our hearts. It's a love, first and foremost, for him, and then flowing out of that, it's a love for one another as well. The two are intertwined. It puts a love in our, the Holy Spirit puts a love in our hearts for Jesus. And this love keeps uh, growing. So it is by the Spirit's faith, hope, and love in our hearts that we seek God. The Spirit of God within longs for more of God's presence, face, and power in our lives and on earth. The Spirit of God in us is always crying, Come. It is crying for the Lord to come more, it is crying for people to come into his kingdom, for the gates to be open, for people to come into his kingdom. It's, it's crying out for people to come to the living waters and drink. And so in the, if you're in, in touch with the Holy Spirit, he's interceding in you, and he's longing for more of God's presence and power and glory on earth, the increasing glory, which it talks about in Second Corinthians chapter 3. And if the Holy Spirit is not quenched, the Spirit moves us to draw near to God. One of the key things is we cannot quench the Spirit. The Spirit of God is longing for more. He's groaning because creation is held captive. So there's that groaning. And it's this Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, we'll say He, uh, the Spirit of God, he, inside of us, calls us to cry out, as we read in Galatians 4, 6, and Romans 8, 16. He calls us, he calls, uh, he, he's in us, and he cries out, he ca- causes us to cry out, what, Abba, Father. Say that with me, Abba, Father. That's a very intimate name for Father in Aramaic, which was kept very simple. It's just Aleph and Bet and Aleph in Hebrew and in Aramaic, the same letters. Aleph, Bet, Aleph. The first two letters of the Hebrew alphabet, Abba. And the Spirit of God, when he's in us, is crying out constantly, Abba. Wants that intimacy, wants that relationship with Abba, and wants others to know Abba, Father. What does seeking God look like? What does seeking God look? What does seeking God look like? So we're going to talk about this a little bit today, but we're going to continue it next week because when I was preparing this, I had a, I had a lot that I thought I was going to say in this message, and I felt like the Lord said, "Do it over two weeks. Don't uh, don't share uh, too much, and then we're all choking because we're eating too much, right?" And this is one of the things I learned about studying. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Study this much, but share 10% of what you study. So the mistake that I made when I was younger in the Lord is I studied this much, and then I tried to share all of what I received instead of sharing a portion, 10%. So it's like the tithing principle. You study this much, you share 10% of it, uh, but of course, it's the best, you know, 10%. Now, when I was, uh, you know, first preaching, I had my first opportunity to preach, and it was at a men's retreat. My pastor said, you have five minutes, and I had spent so much, I mean, I was spending at that time so many hours of prayer, so many hours in the Word that I, I sat down and I began to speak, and I went for about a half an hour. We, I was only supposed to go for five minutes. It was the end of the retreat, so everybody was go- needed to go home. So I just kept on sharing and sharing. I went for, went for half an hour. And, I, of course, I felt like I was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. I felt, to be honest, the first time I shared, I felt like I was, like, lifted off of the chair. <laughs> and I felt like, uh, you know, like I, I was lifted up, and I just felt caught up. And anyway, then my pastor pulled me aside and said, and so I thought I did a great job. I mean, I was like so in the spirit, so to speak. And he said to me, you went way too long, Glenn. You're only supposed to go five minutes. And so he rebuked me. And of course, I felt bad. I felt bad about the rebuke. (laughs) And... Again, the thing is you're spending a lot of time in God's presence, that's good. You're spending a lot of time studying, that's good. But only share the portion for that time. And uh don't over overshare. Even when you're talking to somebody in conversation, you're at a cafe, you're on the phone, just you know, hold hold back, even though you're like overflowing, hold back a little bit. Um so that you are not overwhelming them. And Jesus did that too. He had a lot to say. He's like, I got a lot to say, but you can't handle it. (laughs) So I'll just... uh... So this is a Jesus principle. So that's what we'll do. But we're not finished yet here. Uh, What does seeking God look like? Psalm 24, 6 gives us a big clue by using the name Jacob, Yaakov. Yaakov or Yaakov in a shortened form, Yaakov. And Jacob comes from this word heel. We know, we know this word. And it could have two meanings. I haven't uh, put this in a note, but it can have two meanings. The, the meaning that most of us are familiar with is someone that grasps the heel, so he deceives. But think about a wrestler. If a wrestler is on the floor and it seems like it's over... If that wrestler then grabs the opponent's heel and pulls him down, that is something that is good because he keeps on fighting even though he's down. He's on the floor. He's in that humble place, but he still reaches out and grabs that person's heel. And so when God changes Jacob's name, you'll notice that the name Jacob still stays in the Bible. So you think, I thought God changed his name to Israel. And and why does it keep? Why does God keep on calling him quote unquote deceiver? Because his name doesn't mean in all context deceiver. It could mean that, but it's it's it could be in another light. And the why? why and this is my you know, this is my proposal to you is the why Jacob keeps on coming up Yaakov in the the scriptures is because he's a wrestler. He's a wrestler. And that's part of the name Israel, too. Israel means uh, one who contends or strives with God or wrestles with God. So he wrestles with God. So Psalm 24, 6 gives us a big clue by using the name Jacob and the word face in the same line. And these words take our minds back to Jacob wrestling God in Genesis 32, 24 through 30. So after Jacob's encounter, he named the place Peniel, which means face of God, meaning face of God. So that place where Jacob wrestled with the man, he, after the whole encounter, he names it face of God. So we see this connection between Psalm 24, 6 and Genesis 32, 24 through 30. So now we're gonna read the story of Jacob wrestling with God. I'm trying to see where to put this here. Oh, before we read the story of Jacob wrestling with God, what does seeking God look like? Seeking God looks and feels like wrestling. Can I say that again? Seeking God looks and feels like wrestling. Think about the wrestler the day after. His muscles are sore. (laughs) His body is hurting. Seeking God looks and feels like wrestling, but he still loves to wrestle. He still gets in the ring. The ring. He still gets in the ring. Seeking God looks and feels like wrestling. Here's Genesis 32, 24 through 27. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go. This is Jacob speaking. I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, Yisra'el. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. You have striven with God and men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel. For he said, I have seen God face to face. He wrestled with a man. But then he had the revelation that he had seen God face to face. An interesting Hebrew phrase here panim el panim. Panim is face and also presence. El is two. So panim el panim, face to face. I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Uh, Or my soul, literally, it's my soul has has been saved. My soul has been saved, my soul has been pulled out, has been saved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel and he was limping on his thigh. So there's a great cost in this wrestling because now he's limping from the wrestle. And there's so much to say about this, but we will start today and then finish next week. Do you, anybody know this scene? Anybody know this? <laughs> Nacho Libra, Ramses and Nacho Libra, <laughs> which is a funny, clean movie. A couple cringe, work, cringe moments, though, in it, but mostly good. Uh, the story about this is that Nacho Libra, he, he's a monk, but he wants to really be a wrestler and he's 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 sneaking out now of course a monk cannot be a wrestler in their ideology so he's he's sneaking out with the mask and the kids soon discover from the orphanage that he's a, that he serves at this kids soon discover oh <laughs> that's our monk he's he's wrestling and uh, it's a good it's a, a good story a funny story How is it possible to wrestle with God? How is it possible to wrestle with God? Think about this. The infinite God, the all-powerful, the almighty, the all-consuming fire. How is it possible to wrestle with God? It's only possible if God lets you in the ring with him. It's only possible as he lets you in. He has to humble himself, limiting himself to let you in, making himself weak, so to speak. He has to become a man. And this is what God does in Jesus. He becomes human so that we can embrace Him and seek Him. This is what God does in Jesus. He becomes human so that we can embrace Him and seek Him. Genesis 32, 24. I'm turning there. I was reading from the NASB before, but we're reading now from the NIV. and the big thing we noticed is, the big thing we notice here is that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him, a man. But later he says, he sees God. He sees God face to face. So here's God becoming a man like the Incarnation, prophetic of the Incarnation, a foreshadowing in the book of Genesis, God becoming a man so that he could engage with man. But it's not just going to be a walk in a, It's not a walk in a park here. <laughs> it is a wrestling match. It is a battle. It's, it's a fight. But God wants to engage Jacob, wants to change Jacob. So the changing of his name means that his identity is changing. He was always a battler from the beginning. He comes out of the womb grasping Esau's heel. So he was always a wrestler from the beginning. He was always competitive, competitive. but God turns it around into a new life. And now you are Yisrael, one who wrestles with God, one who contends with God, and doesn't give up, doesn't give up. When is the time and place for this battle? We read it in Genesis 32, 22 through 24. When is the time and place for this battle? That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabok, or Yabok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. He took his family and all his possessions across the sh- stream, and then it seems like he came back because he's all alone. And then it's in this place of being all alone by this stream, stream by this river that a man wrestles with him all night. So when is the time and place for this battle? Well, it's at night, and it's in a place where he's all alone. For Jacob, it was at night when he was alone. He was separated from his wives, servants, sons, and possessions. The things that Seemed to make a man a man. He's stripped of all these things. He doesn't have the family around him. He doesn't have his possessions around him. Stripped of all his comforts and security, God met with him by the Yabok stream. You hear people say Jabok too. God met him by this stream. And the stream means pour out, empty. So the name of the stream is quite interesting. And this is what's happening in Jacob's life. He's being poured out. He's being emptied. And it's there at this place, which means poured out and emptied at night, separated from everything that gives him strength. He is left alone. And it's there in that place where he is alone that he is not alone. For, because God visits him. God visits him. And this is what I found. Uh, or uh, I'm flashing back today to some of my early Christian experiences. And I remember I was a young man, very hungry for God, and I was telling everybody about Jesus. Now, if you want to get bad people out of your life, there's a simple way to get bad people out of your life. I had uh, because of being in DJing, and all that. I had a lot of, a lot of very interesting <laughs> people in my life. I told them all about Jesus. And I was very zealous to say, you know, I, I received Jesus. Jesus has changed my life. And when I did that, when the light shined, all of the cockroaches started to run. <laughs> all of the people that were just trying to use me or some other thing, they all went scattering. And uh, sadly, though, I didn't have much, you know, I came from having a, a lot of friends that, not having many friends, and not having times of being able to go out at night and hang out with people. And this was a season in my life where I was left all alone. But it was, be, it was good because during that time when I was all alone, the Lord began to wrestle with me. I began to experience his glory. The Lord would meet with me in, in my room and in many other different places. And this is when God began to do a deep work in me and change my life. And uh, I still had uh, some Christian friends. They, they, uh, but not so, I didn't have everybody surrounding my life. Sometimes it was sad, but the Lord was with me. There was a real sense of God's presence and his, his power. Now, when I went to the revival in Pensacola... I then joined a whole generation of people seeking him. So I wasn't very alone then. You know, it was like in Pensacola, it was like, hey, you want to have all night prayer? Uh, Yeah, let's pray all night. We were always praying all night. We were always fellowshipping. We were down at the after the revival meeting. It might be one or two in the morning. We were down at the uh, restaurant and fellowshipping and worshipping God in the restaurant at two in the morning. So that was something you a public restaurant, and all these people are still praising God in a public restaurant, <laughs> overflowing for the revival meeting. And there would be people in there that didn't know God too, and it was uh, many times God touched those people. So there's different seasons. And for Jacob, he was left alone. It was one night. You know, he, he was a man of responsibility, so he needed to get back to his family. But the, this one night, God is doing a major work in his life. When God wants to reveal himself to you and do a deep work within you, he gets you alone. When God wants to reveal himself to you and do a deep work within you, he gets you alone. The generation that seeks him is not afraid to be alone and stripped bare. This is one of, one of the greatest fears that people have is being alone, being stripped bare. I understand. I understand that fear. What I want want to say is if you're a believer, the Lord comes when we're alone, just like the man came to Jacob. If you are open, if you are hungry, if you are thirsty. The generation that seeks him is not afraid to be alone and stripped bare. Their one reward is God and his blessing. That's what they want. They want God and his blessing. And unless you bless... When Jacob is saying, bless me, he's not asking for material blessings here. It's not stuff. When you study Genesis, the blessing of God is the power to obey his will, the power to be what he has called you to be, the power to be fruitful and multiply his image and his likeness, that is what blessing is all about. That is why blessing is so powerful. Now people on uh, TikTok and Instagram, hashtag blessed, right? Hashtag, they got, everything's going well for them, hashtag blessed. Well, hashtag blessed is when you're in the night season and you're stripped strip bare. And I just started an account, I better not uh, say publicly, I got a new account (laughs) in which I'm trying to reach a new generation. Uh, And I I sent the message about that. More than any other treasure, this generation wants to see God's face, to know him no matter what the cost, to know him no matter what the cost, they want to know him. You put out my die, uh, and I'm, it's dislocated, and I'm in pain, and you're, you're struggling with me, yet I want to know him. I want to know him, no matter what the co- cost. And this is the generation that seeks him. This is their distinctive characteristic. God loves to work at night both in the quiet hours and the seasons of darkness. And it's because at night, you're often alone. So I know that's for me. If I'm up at night, uh, everybody's sleeping, except the kids. We're trying to get the kids back to sleep, right? (laughs) Sometimes. And uh, all the cat, then the cat wants the cats up at night. (laughs) Sometimes the cat is crazy at night. So God loves to work at night both in the quiet hours and the seasons of darkness. He approaches us in the humble place and space when we are empty. When God calls a man, he then has to break the man. And that brokenness is not what many people want, so it's like a test. Once the brokenness brokenness comes, some run away. And others like Jacob stay. He has to break us because we're like a a horse, right? A horse. And I almost said it like an Irish person, right? (laughs) We're like a a horse. (laughs) I've got some Irish heritage, it's just leaking out. (laughs) We're like a horse, a lot of power, but we need to be broken. So that the Lord can lead us, ride us, use us. Imagine if Jacob slept through this night. (laughs) We wouldn't be reflecting on this story today if he slept through this night. So whether it's a night season you're in, don't sleep through it. Or whether God's waking you up in the middle of the night and calling you to himself, don't sleep through it. Awake. And we never read in the story, and Jacob was tired the next day. (laughs) I'm sure he was. But that tiredness the next day or the next week was worth it because he was energized, his spirit was energized from seeing God's face. And yes, there's things that make us tired. I don't live my life by tiredness, though at times I got very tired and Barbara was praying for me before the service because I just had no, after carrying everything and the the whole morning, uh, I didn't have any strength left. So thank you, Barbara, for your prayers. Um, But don't live your life distracted by tiredness or health issues or uh, whatever it is that will make you weak. Use that weakness to cling to God. So here, Jacob's uh, hip is dislocated. His hip is dislocated, Yes, he, yet he's still clinging. He's still wrestling. He's not giving up. He's hanging on. And this is an example for us. I've always found that when I get alone, God meets with me. For example, going away on a prayer retreat or locking myself in our ministry headquarters uh, have been unique times when Jesus has revealed himself to me. It's never the same, always a little bit different, but I find that his word comes to me and he reveals himself to me. I also practice getting alone with God daily. It's been the fountainhead of all the messages I've shared and things we've done. Anna practices that too. Spending time alone with God daily. It's it's a fountainhead. For anyone who does that, they uh, will tell you that this is a fountainhead for them. Everything flows out of that. So I want to encourage you to do that. I want to inspire you to do the same so that you can be part of this generation that seeks him. This seeking is not just a one-night thing. It's a whole life thing. It's a daily thing, seeking his face. To be continued. (laughs) So next week, we're going to continue on. By God's grace, we'll talk about what it means to wrestle with God Some more. Are we ready to pray? We'll pray. We'll pray now. Father, this is the generation that you're seeking. This is the generation that you're raising up. It's not a generation that's based on age. It could have ones that are young as Samuel in it and ones as old as Abraham and Noah in it. Is not a generation that's restricted by age, but it's a a group of people that have your heart, and because you have saved them and they have not quenched your spirit, the Spirit of God in them cries out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. They, They long for your coming, they long for your activity on earth, they long for your harvest, they long for your blessing. They need you, and no matter what they're going through, they're clinging to you. So this I'm asking you to to raise up this generation in Brisbane. Let our church be this generation that seeks you. Let it happen all across Australia, a generation that seeks your face and that in discovering you, they seek you more. They don't give up. Thank you, Lord, that this has been a time in in our church where there's been more prayer, more seeking, and we're asking that that would increase, Lord, increase Jesus. Thank you, Father. I thank you that you're going to take this message and send it into the right hearts, into the right homes, those who are hungry and thirsty for more of you thank you jesus so right now we're just going i'm just going to have anna uh, play and maybe if we can stand and just spend some time seeking god
0: say